Hello, this is April Moore, the host of Emotionally Yours Podcast. I am coming with a special episode, but before I get started, I want to dedicate this episode to Cam. Cam was my children's best friend, and on December 10th, 2021, Cam was a victim of gun violence. Cam, what I want you to know is that we will forever miss you. We love you. You will never be forgotten. My prayers and condolences goes out to his family and those who love him. And so I'm coming to you, my Emotionally Yours podcast audience, to talk about black injustice. And I'll tell you, it was prompted with me watching a documentary on Kendrick Johnson. I'm not sure if you guys remember that name, but it's a name that has stuck with me since 2013 when I learned about his death. And it was it was a surreal moment because the investigation indicated that his death was an accident. And so it was like, really? You know, the details was just woozy. It's like, where the hell? Didn't even make sense. And it still doesn't to this day. And so when I was watching the documentary, Finding Kendrick Johnson on Stars on Saturday, I thought, I need to talk about this. I need to process this, if nothing else, for myself, because... I try to stay away from stories like this because it triggers emotions in me. It triggers emotions of helplessness, hopelessness, depression, sadness. And so I try to stay away from those things because at times they can be overwhelming. And so today I decided that I wanted to process this with you. And it has a lot to do with black injustice. Black injustice. And we've heard a lot of it over the last two years now with Kaepernick and Black Lives Matter. And then that man that got voted into the office that also uh, provoked a group of individuals on January 6th to only come back and say that the vaccination is necessary to save a life and that's a paraphrase but we've we've experienced this a lot in our lifetimes if you're black african-american or um, black american whichever you prefer and so i just want to process it a little bit after watching this documentary finding kendrick johnson on stars and i'm going to keep saying the name because i want you to go to stars and i want you to watch this documentary Finding Kendrick Johnson. And I want you to see what they said actually happened. I want you to see how this family, the Johnsons, had to come to creating this documentary in order to keep the story alive, in order to seek justice, in order to seek truth for the death of their son, grandson, brother, cousin, nephew friend 
Because back in 2013, when this first hit the news, the investigators said that his death was an accident by his own hands. And so it went like this. The student athlete who stood about 5'10", approximately 150, 160 pounds, climbed into a rolled-up gym mat to retrieve a tennis shoe. And in the process, he got stuck and died. Okay, sit with that for a moment. Dumb, right? Dumb? Freak accident, right? Okay. And so, over the years, I had heard more about the case. And every time I would hear something like, yes, great. They kept it alive. They haven't given up. The story's still out there. Not every everybody believed that dumbass excuse the investigator gave for his death. And so now we come to today, and the documentary actually paints another picture. And so I'm encouraging you to go watch on Stars Finding Kendrick Johnson, and I want to see if you come to the same conclusion that I have come to about his death that it is about black injustice. And so let me digress for a moment. Black injustice is nothing new to black people. As a matter of fact, it's something that we commonly experience. And so we've gotten used to it. There's times where we have went high when they went low. We have swept things under the rug. We've accepted what we didn't want to accept. What we don't always talk about is how black injustice affects lives, affect people, affects in a community, and how we live with these experiences time and time again. And as a result of these experiences, we can get to the point where it becomes traumatic to hear of another person experiencing black injustice. And so I say black injustice, right? It should be just injustice. Well, not too much in this country. It's black injustice and then there's white injustice. And if you stood them up side by side, they look totally different. Black injustice, never find justice. White injustice, oh, they find justice. Black injustice rarely finds justice. White injustice, more times than not, find justice. And so black injustice and black justice become synonymous, similar and the same. Because even black justice can be injustice. And what do I mean? Let me see if I can paint a picture. So recently, I applied online for a course that I needed to take for my new job. And it required me to register. When I registered, it asked for demographic information. It asked for gender, age, and race. And so for two days, I tried to complete the registration in order to take the course, right? 
And so when I did that on those two days, I got error messages. And then on the second day, my very last attempt, I thought, this can't be happening. What do I need to change? What do I need to look at? What do I need to change? And then it hit me. Oh, shit. I know what I can change. And let's see if we get a different outcome. Do you know what I changed to see if we got a different outcome? So the demographics are age, gender, and race. Everything else was normal. Birth date. I'm sorry, not birth date, but name, um, address, telephone number, country of origin. All that was normal. But three variables that you can change. I tried to change them. So I picked one of the three. Which one you think I picked? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep, that one. That's the one I picked. And as soon as I picked it, guess what happened? I was able to register. So for 100, Alex, I chose to change race. And so I changed race from black there were stuff, you know, a couple of other ones that I could change it to. But in America, what's the opposite of black usually? And hell, even on the color scheme, what's the opposite of black? You got all the colors in between, but at the end of each, at the end of the spectrum, what usually is the opposite of black? Oh, yeah, it's white. So I changed my race to white. Guess what happened? I was able to register for the course. And so some would say, oh, okay, then just change it back. Well, you can't. But the fact that I changed it and had to change it in order to get registered for a course was absolutely ludicrous. And I'm not talking about down south ludicrous. I'm talking about ridiculous, ludicrous. And so here I am at 54 years old, having to change my identity in order to register for an educational course. How do you think I felt? What's the emotion that you think I felt? I'll give you two. Then I want you to imagine what I was thinking. I'll give you two. Then I want you to imagine how I behaved. I'll give you two. Two choices for each. And so although I will not say them out loud, my point to be made is this. When a black person experiences social injustice, it impacts how they think, how they feel, and how they act. And so if you do the math, and for 54 years, at least every year, I experience a social injustice, what do you think my thoughts are, my feelings are, and how I act when it comes to black injustice? Pretty fucked up, right? And so if we will allow the rest of the country in on a secret that 
how we are treated, what we think about that treatment, probably will have some impact on how we act towards them. Get the math? One plus one equals two. So if you think fucked up about how you've been treated and you feel fucked up because of how you've been treated, guess what's going to happen? You're usually going to act fucked up. And so why does that not seem like a natural phenomenon? I will never know. So when we're walking around, more than half of us have some idea of what it means to experience black injustice. What does it say about our attitude, our perceptions? They're all influenced. And so here we are. So I'm going to go back to the documentary of Kendrick Johnson. 2013, they reported that his death was an accident. They said that he climbed into a rolled up gym mat, got stuck, and died. And that was the accident. Open and closed case. But what was interesting is that it wasn't so closed to the point where they transferred the case out of Georgia to Ohio. And that's what I learned from the documentary. Okay, so let's go back to my analogy about being fucked up. So now, if I've experienced injustice all these years, and I have a fucked up attitude about black injustice, the idea that that case that I believe was fucked up has traveled to my state where I have a podcast that my ultimate goal is for black people to get their stories out into the universe, talk about their experiences and how life has been for them on all levels, not just black injustice. But in this case, we're talking about black injustice. So can you imagine what I'm feeling as I'm watching this documentary and I'm going, oh, aha, I know what to do with that. And that is to come on the Emotionally Yours podcast and talk about it. So it comes to Ohio, but it not only comes to Ohio. So this is where I say I can't make life up because I'm going, I have been aware of this case since 2013. It's 2022. You think I'm not going to talk about it? Oh, but I am. And here it is. It doesn't only come to Ohio. It goes to one of my two home cities. Alliance, Akron. I'm not going to tell you which. I want you to watch the documentary Finding Kendrick Johnson on Stars to figure out which of my home cities it landed in. Yeah. And so now I'm like, oh, Jesus, this was meant to be. I am meant to have this podcast and I am meant to be able to report on this thing. And I'll tell you, 
I am shocked because all the bordering states around Florida and this thing couldn't end in Alabama. It couldn't go to Tennessee or Louisiana, but no, no, no. It had to come across a few states up to Ohio. Yeah, makes no sense. Just like the accidental death makes no sense. And so let me get back to the point. So the way the story is told and what they've been peddling for the last nine years is that Kendrick Johnson killed himself by climbing into a mat and getting stuck in it. So now the documentary provides you with additional information. And the additional information will cause you to have potentially a different outcome. And I would love to know if anyone comes to the outcome that I have come to and the documentary kind of alludes to. So my mother always told me, you must say in your opinion because your opinion don't mean shit. It just means you got one. And so in my opinion, Kendrick Johnson's death was covered up by all of these individuals in Valdosta, Georgia where it took place back in 2013. Not only was it covered up, they covered up a murder. Black injustice. Okay, so why is it black injustice? Because if you haven't assumed yet that Kendrick is black, and I'm calling this black injustice, that usually means there's some white people involved in this, right? Yes, every other player in this story character is white. So you have Kendrick Johnson and his family, and then you have all the officials, the courts, everybody on the justice system, and when you watch the documentary, even the bailiffs are on their side, but ironically enough, a couple of bailiffs were black. I don't even want to go there. But they're in the justice system. And since it was predominantly white people that was dealing with this case, you know, we can call them uncle you-know-who, okay? So the documentary brings up a point that there was more evidence available to the investigators in 2013 that was not given to them. And they have one investigator, Mr. Credle. Mr. Credle, and I hope I say I'm saying his word correctly, his name correctly, was from DC. He was a seasoned homicide detective that was assigned to this case. Now, do you not find it interesting that they had to reach all the way to Washington, DC? because the probably federal government was involved, I think that's the case, to come down there to investigate. Oh, <laughs> you want one other big piece of information? Seven judges recused themselves from the case. What does that tell you? Shit show for real, right? Absolutely. So Mr. Cruddle comes down, and he's doing his investigation thing, and he's even saying that this don't even make any sense. Where's the rest of the evidence? And he was not privy to the rest of the evidence. 
cover up. And so by the end of the documentary, he's looking so perplexed. Like he wants to scratch his head and ask himself, what just happened here? Because this is not the way things should have worked out. Why is the documentary made? Because the case was closed, transferred to Ohio some way, somehow, for whatever reason. And so the family had no choice but to take it public and get the public's opinion about what went on. And when you step back from of it, from it and you look at what was reported in 2013 and what is being said now, the only thing you can do is go, this was a cover-up of murder. There's no other reason why they have gone to the extent to not disclose all the evidence at the time that it occurred. And when you watch the documentary and find out who's involved, you'll see why. So, what's a takeaway from here? Because everything's a teachable moment. One, before I go there, I want to make comment about the Johnson family. What I noticed most importantly that you rarely saw tears not to say that there weren't any. You saw so much strength. The family was relentless in their effort to seek justice and find truth. That there was no room for tears at this moment. There was no room for reaction to the black injustice that they had experienced. Because if they were to give in to all of that, they were going to think a certain way, act a certain way, and feel a certain way. And even Mr. Cruddle said in a statement, I looked at his father. He said, I would have caught a murder case. Yeah, he's right. If you allow black injustice to get in your head, your heart, it would cause you to act out in such a violent way. Why? Because it's a natural reaction to injustice on all kinds of levels. But what that family showed us is that it was no time to get in their feelings. Their one job is to find justice for their son. So they had to have some self-discipline. They had to have some self-control. They had to be able to be com- stay composed. They had to control themselves. Because if they didn't, justice wouldn't be served. There would be another black injustice because no one would understand the reaction to the initial black injustice that they experienced. They had to stay in control in order to get this documentary made. 
they had to stay in control for when they reopened the case in 2020. They had to stay composed to tell the story. But as a therapist, I can't wait until the day they can fall apart because that's when they'll be able to put their lives back together. This thing has gone on for a little less than nine years. Nine years for the investigators in Valdosta, Georgia to peddle this story. Nine years for that family to hold themselves together so that they could see it through to the end. Nine years of black injustice. So I want you to think about the black injustice that you've experienced over your lifetime. And I want you to respond to it in the most appropriate way as you can and then you get a chance to bury it. But validate it because it happened. It was not your imagination. You didn't make shit up. You were denied an opportunity to feel bad about something that was worthy of feeling bad about. Black injustice is a real thing. It affects real people. It affects real lives. It affects a community. And when we don't validate it, let alone accept that that is in fact a real thing, it just perpetuates itself over and over and over again like it has in the history of our country. So I encourage you to go watch Finding Kendrick Johnson on Stars and form your opinion. Let's run them numbers up, baby. Let's get them to the Oscars. Please spread it on social media. Talk about it. Let's do it. And that's the reason why I'm putting it on this podcast, because I want to send it out into the universe. Let's do it. That family deserves that. Because in these last couple of years, we were saying, say her name, say his name. They couldn't say Kendrick's name because his death was ruled an accident. But when the truth comes out, we get to say Kendrick's name with the rest of them. Thank you, Kaepernick. Thank you, Black Lives Matter. Thank you, white people who believe that Black Lives Matter. And I mean that sincerely. As sad as it makes me to know that I need you to speak up for me, I appreciate that you do. Thank you. Until next time, Emotionally Yours, April.